Right. So, uh, like, the Intelligence Committee is bringing, like, charges against he who must not be named. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that is how I feel about him. Not the, uh, not the opinion of the Orientalist <laughs> Express or any of its advertisers. Right? <laughs> uh, me on these does not represent this, uh... <laughs> yep. You're really pushing for me on these to, uh... You know what? If I push for one <laughs> single sponsor, they might sponsor us at some point. <laughs> All right, we'll at me undies from now on, on Twitter. I don't know what that means, but I'm gonna smile like I know. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Orientalist Express podcast. This is a special impeachment miniseries podcast. Uh, which we are titling My Idiot Wife. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's real or not. No, I came up with it. I was yeah. like, you should feature me and just call the podcast My Idiot Wife. Because <laughs> I never understand what you guys are talking about. Yep. So, listeners, uh, that is my wife, Hannah. Hello. Um, and again, I want to reiterate the title is entirely her own and I have nothing to do with it. Mm hmm. I think she is a wonderful, smart woman who is not an idiot. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then we're also joined by Stephen Howard, of course. Hello. And uh, this is actually going to be the first part of a three-part sort of mini-series in the podcast, where we're going to talk about the impeachment inquiry and everything impeachment-related uh, that's happening right now. So as of this recording, the uh, impeachment proceedings have basically gone through the investigative phase. So um, the Intelligence Committee has interviewed basically everyone who's willing to be interviewed and taken all the documents that people are actually willing to give up. Um, and they have now referred everything over to the Judiciary Committee. Um, and so now we're just waiting on the Judiciary Committee to actually start to go through the um, formal process of drafting articles of impeachment. Um, so that's where we're at right now. Um, and on this particular episode, we're just going to talk about just only impeachment. What is it? What is uh, the process for it? How has impeachment happened in the past? Uh, previous examples of that. And throughout all of this, my lovely wife, Hannah, is going to be here to basically ask some questions, you know, keep things grounded and simple, because we know that uh, Stephen and I sometimes get really wonky with things. Um, and we want to just kind of make this, keep this relevant so we're not going off the rails. Yeah, that's my job. And also, I did not understand anything that you just said about like there was a judiciary <laughs> committee in there i had no idea what you were talking about so i'm a perfect person for this job <laughs> right so let's back up then all right so in the senate or i should say in the house of representatives so let's back up even more you okay. have this house of representatives and you have the senate and in both of these chambers there are two there are different committees that are tasked with doing different things right so the intelligence committee uh, looks at basically anything intelligence, national security related. Isn't that what the FBI is for? Yeah, but they have to have some oversight, and that's kind of what that's for. So the intelligence committees provide oversight, civilian oversight of these what you uh, professional committees. So if anything happens, um, well, if anything is supposed to happen, they're supposed to be alerted to these. So our national elected leaders are making the decisions on these processes and not people who were they are unelected and this is just their job. Gotcha. So it's just, it's a checks and balances. Yes, exactly. System. Yep. 
Exactly. Got it. So you've got the legislative branch in the House, and the FBI is part of the executive branch. So they're just kind of checking up in the executive, I making no sure that they're not... I had no idea that the FBI was part of the executive branch. Oh, How yeah. did I not know that? <laughs> well, that's, that's, why, that's why Trump is able to fire Comey. It's because Comey is the leader of the FBI <gasps> under the executive branch. Yeah. And okay. the FBI is actually under the Department of Justice. Because they are tasked with enforcing justice. Oh, okay. Well, wouldn't that make them part of the judiciary branch? So the judiciary is all the judges. So they're the ones who deliberate on the decisions. When you're talking the executive branch, they're the one who go out and execute the actions. So they're the ones, the police, the firefighters, whatever you want. That is the executive committee of whatever political subunit it might happen to be part of. Sure. You can kind of think of it as the three different uh, branches are legislative, the ones who make the rules, executive, the ones who carry out the rules, and then judicial, the ones who make sure the rules were followed in the first place. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so to back up, we are in the Senate. We are not yet in the Senate. Okay, we're in the House of Representatives, part of the House Intelligence Committee. Yes. Um, and they're the ones that would, like, bring forward the impeachment charges. Yes. So essentially the short version, and you can, uh, I'll post a link to the uh, infographic that I created about the impeachment process, but essentially it always starts in the House, because in the Constitution, the House has the sole authority to impeach the president. And so it starts in the House of Representatives. They um, debate on creating articles of impeachment, which are basically, um, they're basically charges. And these can actually be political or criminal. They don't have to be a criminal charge against the president. I mean, he could technically be impeached for picking his nose or something like that. I mean, mm. it wouldn't go anywhere, but there's no, there's nothing that says it has to be a criminal offense. Uh, but the House passes that with a simple majority. And if they do, it moves on to the Senate. Okay. And impeachment is not removal. We need to be very yes. clear on that. Right. And for a long time, I thought that impeachment meant removal from office. But, you oh, know, yeah. when you do... Everyone like... does. Yeah. So um, impeachment is essentially that formal process of charging someone in the executive branch with some type of wrongdoing. And so, it's the most serious way of doing that. So it doesn't have to be the president? It doesn't have to be the president. It's basically you can impeach almost... Basically anyone in the executive branch. Executive, judiciary, okay. and sometimes legislative. So you could impeach a Supreme Court justice. True. I see. So impeachment, why is it that so many people think that it means removal from office? Because when you do more research, uh, there's actually never been a president that has been removed from office because he was impeached. So why is this such a widely, uh, widely thought thing that impeachment means removal when it's actually never led to that in the first place because it's one of the so i would say that that comes from the just the effect of every time someone has been in the process of being impeached they have resigned because they don't want the indignity of being removed from office they want to be seen as going out on their terms they're well no i i understand like that you know nixon resigned mm -hmm. and i understand that clinton uh, was never removed. He finished out his term. I'm wondering why so many people think it means 
removal from office. Could just be the historical record. I mean, you think about someone that was impeached, and they're usually removed from, uh, they're not usually removed from office, but they usually resign from office. Actually, hold on, hold on though, because no president who has ever been impeached has been removed. Only two presidents have been impeached, and the only one who resigned was never impeached in the first place. He was going to be impeached and removed. Uh... All the votes were lined up, and so that's when he got out before that was going to happen. But the ones, the two who were actually impeached, Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton, they actually, they didn't resign and they stuck it out and were not uh, removed from the Senate. And so I think part of it's that impeachment and removal are always tied together, right? Like there's always that threat of it being possible because you never impeach without thinking you're going to possibly remove. And the president wants it to be about removal. He wants it, he wants to just basically throw that out in the air and get everyone all riled up and thinking that they're trying to remove the president. Um, So he wants everyone to think that impeachment means removal. So that way he can basically agitate his base. I was going to say, I I always wonder, uh, I also wonder if it might be just, um, that is the logical recourse of where impeachment leads. If you wanted to uh, impeach someone and then just give them a slap on the wrist or something else like that, you could censure, uh, someone from the executive branch so you can pass articles of censure against uh anyone in the legislative judicial or executive branch as well and that's more of the hey don't do that again sort of punishment sort of thing if you're impeaching someone the obvious end game there for anyone involved is to get rid of them there's no other reason why you'd impeach when you have censure available to you sure yeah and i guess that is like the main goal yeah but Unfortunately, that's not what impeachment means. It's true, so, yes. So I guess that makes sense. I guess, like, the end-all, be-all goal of impeachment is to have that president removed from office. However, it's it's not as clear-cut as what people may, may think. Exactly, yeah. yes. And I think the historical record actually confuses that, too. Because you have presidents who have been impeached but not removed. Any of the presidents have been almost impeached, but resigned instead. Right. Like Nixon. Exactly. Hey, I know things. <laughs> I know things. All right. So now that we've kind of covered, like, what impeachment is, it's just a series of charges to be brought against the president. The end game for is usually, I mean, it's usually the opposite party that brings usually, these yeah. charges, usually. So, I mean, it makes sense that the... I, I hate to be cynical about it, but it's just the opposite party's way of really trying to get a bad president out of office. Well, and, and that's why Nixon resigned instead, because even by the end of it, even the Republicans were saying, we're now on board. And so to save them, the... Oh, uh, guys, what was that like? That took a long time, though. <laughs> the lead up to all yeah, that did. stuff was brutal. It, what's not as brutal as what's going on now, but it's still brutal. So they're just building a case, but they don't have to prove anything right now, or do they? I just, I'm not understanding how it moves from one place to another and what the, what each, like what happens in the intelligence committee. They just. So you there's, there'd be two sets of investigation. One would happen in the house, like what's happening right now when we saw, was it two weeks ago when all the um, different uh, people started testifying in public about the impeachment hearings and et cetera, et cetera. 
that is going to be the house and the house is job their only job is to recommend articles of impeachment so their only job is to say this is a case that the senate should pick up that's their only job and then when it gets to the senate the senate will do it all over again but they will do it with the intent to actually either convict or um quit yeah exactly hey i know words and it can it can get really testy though because i mean like nick has said it's it's only ever happened in the House before. It's never happened in the Senate because it's a completely political process. And that's that. That's what really frustrates me is it is a political process. So even if you have an impeachable offense, it seems like in this day and age, like it's still going to be a partisan thing. Sure, and I like we can they can prove all they want that uh that. A president did something wrong, but it's still going to be like a partisan issue. Yeah, like that's what I, I think. That's that's where it becomes really frustrating for the American public, um, where it's not like you don't have a impartial judge um, looking at the evidence and deciding if they're guilty or not, like any other investigation or any other charges would be dealt with. This is strictly a partisan issue and that's and that's um because when they when the founders drafted this type of mechanism i don't think they anticipated to what extent partisan politics would dominate everything because it's not in the constitution that there should be political parties doing all this it's just the unfortunate side effect of our history that now it has become so partisan to the point where it's very difficult to remove anyone or to even even if there is a legitimate you know grievance there there is no like you said, impartial mechanism. And part of it is because I think the founders actually thought that this would be an impartial mechanism, where if things got bad enough, the legislative branch could remove a president from office. And sure. this is supposed to, re- this, this process is supposed to stop the event of like a king coming into play, someone with a dynastic error, et cetera, et cetera. It is supposed to be the stop for the worst of the worst scenarios. And that's why mm-hmm. they kind of didn't, think a lot of this too because so i, I want to read off the exact uh clause in the constitution real quick and it's the president or vice president and all civil officers of the united states shall be removed from the office on impeachment for and conviction of treason bribery or other high crimes and misdemeanors and the reason why i wanted to really say that is it's the other high crimes and misdemeanors that really makes us entire thing so political and such a problem because treason we can define treason bribery we can define bribery there is no legal definition anywhere on earth well maybe in some places not in the united states for high crimes and misdemeanors that is completely up to the political system to say i believe that's a high crime and misdemeanor there's no definition of it yeah and actually part of that was intentional though it was because they wanted they wanted that scenario where you know everyone could look at something and see oh this is totally wrong even if there's no like criminal statute or anything to specifically like point at and go this is the offense that has done wrong it's it's just more of a general abuse of power and that's, so it's sort of a catch-all yeah. for that and that's actually why i think they kind of like what you're saying that's why they steered clear of the legal interpretation of it and that's it's a good thing and a bad thing that we don't have as legal a process to impeach the president as anything else. Because if we did have as legal a process, 
the president could walk right up to that line, right? And maybe get some loopholes in there. And I mean, everyone can skirt around the law. That's something that, if nothing else, President Trump has shown that he is adept at, is skirting around the law and undermining it. That's He's very good at it. So this sure. is basically yeah. there to say, yeah, you can skirt around the law all you want, but if you be a dick, if you're really that bad of a person that we can get everyone over here on the on the in the Senate to convict you, you're out regardless of what you did. There's no way that's you just, it's, it's what's happening. Right, but unfortunately, the partisan like part of all of this is going to stop anything like that in its tracks, you know. So it's like it's a double-edged sword. Sure, and that's I I think that the remedy for that, and I know this is oh always said, people need to get out and vote in their midterms. If if this if everyone really cares about issues down the line, get out and vote in your midterms because right now the representation in the Senate is that the Republicans have more people that voted for them. It might not exactly turn out that way once you actually number all the votes, but they have more people there, sure. and it's. Well, I mean, we wouldn't even be in this impeachment investigation if the midterms hadn't turned uh, to the Democrats. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know? Yeah, I know. What it's you like mean. this would have never happened if Republicans still had the majority in the House. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's going to go to so kind of to backtrack again, guys, I got to keep you on on track. Yeah. So it goes to the Senate. The Senate does like the same exact thing that the house of representative does basically right? they hold a trial of those particular articles so any articles that were passed because they it's not necessarily true like only one article could pass in the house or all of the however many articles there are could pass in the house and any ones that do pass go on to the senate where they then pick up those ones and essentially try them and the chief justice of the supreme court is actually presiding over that whole process and who is that? John Roberts. Oh, yeah. I kind of like him. Yeah, he's he's actually regarded as one of the only real swing moderates anymore. Right. One who actually wants to maintain the air of of an unbiased Supreme Court, which is, which is nice. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, they basically pick up those articles, debate them, and then once they're done debating, they hold the final vote to say, are these, you know, do we convict based on these articles, or do we acquit? Okay, so it's pretty obvious what happens if um, there's an acquittal. Nothing, right? Yep. Okay, so let's say we get an, a, a convict. Where does that go? So conviction, um, and I think, so this is where it's a little tricky, because I think that conviction means that like they can then vote to remove. I don't know if it's the same vote or if it's a separate vote, but if they were to convict, of course, they would also convict. They would also vote to remove immediately thereafter. But if if they convict, then, which of course requires the two-thirds majority, that's why it's so difficult, um, and that's intentionally so, because um, they didn't want this to happen every time an opposition party came into power, but after they convict, then they impeach, then they remove the president from office, and he is thus removed from office. So only if they convict, do they then vote? So he can be 
found guilty, but it doesn't mean that he will be voted out of office. Mm -hmm. But he needs to be convicted in order for them to even think about making that decision. I don't know if it's a separate vote, but it's functionally the same thing. So if they convict, he is removed from office. Okay. Basically. And it's, it could be such a, because it's never happened before, it could be such a thing that you could, you could get a weird situation. You could get somebody that convinces a Republican senator vote to convict, but you don't have to vote to remove. What happens if you convict, but don't remove? No idea. Yeah. And that's, that's where no one's ever been before. So sure. Okay. I think I've, I think I've got it. Yeah. And then hopefully, um. You know, if if he is removed or they convict and they say you are removed, that's when we just got to hope that, you know, the president listens or something and doesn't because because that's where it really starts to get tricky is, okay now the now that's where you have the the actual constitutional crisis that everyone's been talking about for months and years is if a president is convicted and removed, do they leave peacefully? That's it for at least part one of our three-part impeachment series featuring my lovely wife, Hannah. Hello. And uh, Stephen Howard, of course. Hello. All right. <laughs> and goodbye. And goodbye. <laughs> so so we, will, uh, we will pick this up with the actual um, charges that are being levied against the president in our next episode. I just want to thanks, thank everyone for listening. Uh, of course, be sure to like and share on our Facebook and and Twitter and Stitcher and all that good social media stuff. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time.